Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Good evening, everyone. I'm Lydia Payne Johnson, and welcome to the Living Your Best Life podcast series. And tonight's episode is on checking in on your wellness. Uh, just a little background on myself. I'm semi-retired, a former executive in financial services with a background in marketing and cybersecurity. And this Living Your Best Life series, in particular the wellness series, is uh, going to be a series of, of, of discussions, podcasts on wellness. Uh, and I will always have a guest co-host. My guest co-host tonight is Richard Onkew, who I will introduce in a second. Um, you know, we have so much uh, uh, that we are dealing with right now with this sheltering in place with COVID. And we talk about wellness. Um, wellness is... Um, not just about your mental and your physical, but according to the Council on Active Aging, wellness is composed of seven dimensions, emotional, physical, social, vocational, environmental, intellectual, and spiritual. And we're going to focus on the spiritual because the spiritual can help inform and help all of the other six dimensions of wellness. So without further ado, let me introduce my guest co-host tonight, uh, Richard Onkey. Richard is uh, brings over 25 years as a spiritual advisor, a medium. Uh, he's a practicing Buddhist. Uh, he is a, a priest of Obatala and the Santeria Lukumi system. Um, Richard teaches classes in spiritualism, tarot, goal setting, and believes in the power of manifestation specifically, and I quote, so be it, so say it, so be it. Um, Richard uh, works as a, um, in HR, uh, in training and development, and has been a recruiter at uh, several Fortune 500 companies. He has a website, uh, guidancebyrichard.com where you can find out more about his classes, including his meditation CD. Uh, at the end of the podcast, I will um, share Richard's information again, uh, including his email address if you want to contact him for more information. Uh, so as I mentioned, you know, COVID-19 and the sheltering in place has shifted our, our personal engagement paradigm. And, you know, we've, we're dealing with a, a different distracted focus by the media, fear of infection, news about friends and relatives who have been impacted. 
And, and, you know, we may have adopted some unhealthy unconscious behaviors uh, that are affecting your wellness, your overall wellness, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, could be that you're overeating, could be drinking, overdosing on social media, et cetera. Or other, and you may also have other pre-existing underlying health conditions. From a wellness standpoint, I think what, what the message that we're trying to bring tonight is around what are the things that you can do to help you manage wellness, not only during a crisis period, but just in what, what would at some point become normal. And so to that, I am going to turn it over to Richard. Um, we'll, we'll have a Q&A um, uh, as, as we go on. So, um, Richard, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I so appreciate you being uh, offered this opportunity, and I'm glad to kind of talk about that. So the, the question now with all of us is really um, we're, we're in environments that may be a big change for us. So specifically, it's really confinement where we're alone um, or we have to make decisions that we didn't choose. So as a result of a lot of that, people tend to be um, either uncomfortable, unhappy, or the feelings and emotions go up and down, and they act out in different ways. It could be through food, could be just rage, all different emotions, and just because it's really about feeling alone. And we are creatures that tend to like communion of others, so it's a big change. And because of that, that, that sort of lonely feeling you get to start contemplate about some of those things. Um, and, and with that sort of contemplation, you start to worry. And, and a lot of that worry is just because, you know, you don't have anyone to necessarily physically be by you or things like that. So there's a lot of changes around that. And so you start to question even what's important, what's not important. Um, are you trying to figure this all out alone? Or are you looking for some kind of guidance? So I speak to that to talk about First, what's really important around that is just feeling that there is a sense of belonging. So we are creatures that prefer to be in environments with each other and other people. And so the challenge is to be able to still find yourself connected and getting into a place of connectivity. So regardless that you physically are alone, you really, really aren't. And so in the, the light of spiritualism, it talks about how, we have ways of including ourselves and making that environment from a physical standpoint so that you can start to foster some of that feeling of belonging, that uh, networking and resources. So, Richard, what are some of the, the key elements to practicing wellness? You know, I think when people hear the term wellness these days, they think that there's some uh, – investment of money and time. You know, they have to join a gym. They have to join Weight Watchers. They have to sign up for a yoga class or whatever. So, so what are some of the, the, the practical approaches or, and the key elements that you would recommend, particularly as we're sheltering in place? So what I really, really believe and also practice is around that inclusion talks about elements. So we know there's four elements, and we are comprised of the water, fire, earth, and the air. And so that part of 
we're required in some some stance, some position to to have that. So to foster that from a physical standpoint, we can lose sight of what we're made of. So the teaching spiritually talks about how you can create that environment and so you reconnect into the source of things. Now that source could be your higher self, could be God, it could be your ancestors, it could be different um, things that are physical and, and maybe not physical. But when we're trying to create that environment, I believe that it's really important that you sort of go back to that beginning part. And in that beginning part means that really those same elements that you create them in physical place. So for an example, a lot of times, like, like I said, from the confinement standpoint, we can't necessarily get all the resources. We have a limited ability to go out and get stuff. We have limited resources, so we kind of have to work within the means of what we already have. And so the teaching tells us going back to that basic fundamental of elements. So one of the things I propose in terms as a practitioner, really whatever you want to call about that environment of inclusion, you want to make that environment inclusion. So that means physically doing those things. So, for an example, if you are a practitioner that believes in shrines or altars or just nature, the fundamental of all those things are an environment of inclusion, and we're made up of those same properties in different terminologies. So if you don't necessarily have an altar or you have a shrine of some sort, you can still, from a very simplistic point, create that environment physically in front of you. And so in those four elements, you literally would take like a glass of water, uh, for, for water, for fire, you can use a candle, some light being uh, earth would be like a physical plant around you. It could be literally dirt or it could be stones. And air would be something of um, communication that you can check in. What I mean for an example, air would be either like a, a religious book, it could be a Bible, it could be a prayer book, inspirational book. But if you take all those different elements and you create a space that you can put them all at, you then, in an indirect way, have now created an environment inclusion. So some people need to see things physically. So if you saw those things in front of you, then you still will be included because then truly you're not by yourself. And what I'm alluding to is the importance of just being able to have things readily available to you so you can still be a practitioner and you can still have a belief system and you can still have a way to really feel like you're part of the higher self and get reconnected. Because one of the challenges for most of us is just the feeling like, wow, I'm all by myself right now. I don't know what I'm going to do. What do I do? And so all this is like a perfect opportunity to really assess yourself and look at what's next for you, especially just in the job market. Think about people are not sure what's going to happen to them next. And so this whole fear base has come up, this whole insecurity of unsurety part. So when you create a space of inclusion, you're including yourself and back into the source of which we come. So that could be your higher self, could be God, it could be whatever you wish to call that relationship of that invisible world, you have something physically in front of you that can be a starting point in terms of feeling included and a restart. Very good. And and so 
what would you say would be the the short and long term benefits um, of these practices if someone tried to do it on their overall wellness? One of the the few things that come out of it, the great the beauty of this, just as a taking this as instructions, is this is immediate. So when I'm going to describe to you what each one does and then how you can relate it back to when you're creating this environment of inclusion. So the glass of water, water symbolically represents clearance, cleanse, refreshing. We drink water to really refresh ourselves. So that part, just imagine if you're looking at the water, you're drinking the water, you're having the water around you, the effects of that part. So it will bring you clarity in your decision-making. Fire, which is we use a, you can use a candle. Um, you can also, and if you don't necessarily have a physical candle, the presence of light, that illumination symbolically runs, talks about direction. So there you'll, in your thought behind that fire would really be about guidance, navigating which way you should go, your decision-making around what's next for you. So you're going to ask the element of fire for that. Earth, which you can use a physical plant. Maybe you have a plant already around your space. You can have stones. You can do um, actually get real dirt from outside. And that dirt, earth is really around foundation, grounding, and assurance. So that gives you an opportunity to really start to put down a plan. So you would, looking at the earth, Looking at the plant, feeling like a, a sense of security and grounding will then allow you to start get your thoughts around, maybe I should get some paper. Maybe I should write down my steps. It's all about, earth is about foundation and action. Air, which uh, what I suggest about the spiritual-related books, it would be like the Bible, um, prayers that you may have, selected prayers, inspirational books. If you're not in any of those practices, it can just be anything that's um, truly inspirational. One of my favorites is 365 Days of Inspiration. The key thing, air speaks to faith, belief, and movement. So if you don't need to be anyone trying to figure out, is this working for me, through the element of air and utilizing one of those references, when you open up that reference, it'll just give you words of encouragement. So that will start to be that part. So in the collaboration of all these things, and I believe it's a wise thing to have it somewhere in a very quiet space where it allows you to really become one with all these things. And all we're really trying to do ultimately is you want clarity, direction. You want to know what's next for you. And some of those answers will come to you if you allow that to be. And so one of the, the real challenges for most of us to be able to say, okay, all right, I don't have all the answers, and it's fine. The universe will respond to all our inquiries. These are the elements that we are made of, and because if we tap into those elements, there's going to be some type of response. And those, that sort of really simplistic way allows you to have an inclusion and also give you direction. Like I said, right now there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of unsurety. And then some people don't even believe anything right now. Um, and so we're, as we see in the media, so much information. So right now, air is the one element that's also being compromised. And what I mean by that is right now we all know this whole virus is going through the air. We don't necessarily know. So that's a different unsurety. And unsurety brings a lot of fear space. So 
if we allow and change the way the air is and just focus on what we need to within our space, it allows us to almost create a different type of shield around that fear space, and you'll have a more security part around that. So if you allow, if you do those kind of very simple ways, and you can apply the same principle through any other of your, as a practitioner or not a practitioner. The intention is to really allow you to be very simple and allow you to be able to connect into your higher self, the God in you, God, ancestors, whatever choice of words. So there it allows you to say, okay, I feel good about where this is going. I kind of have a sense. Your sensory parts will also be stimulated by these too. So we're a feeling being. So we allow ourselves to get connected to those elements. You'll feel it. You'll sense it. You'll see it. All these elements will stimulate uh, a sense of security. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to be all right. Things are going to be fine. I now know now know what I need to do. So, Richard, one of the things I think that tends to happen with us um, is that people get very, you know, they, they get very self-critical about, I don't think I'm doing this right or I'm not getting it or how do I know I'm doing it right? What advice would you give to to um, the audience and to the listeners around that, especially since it's not like you're sitting in a class and you have an instructor in front of you that's leading you. So what advice would you give? I think the, the one of the critical things here is about trust. So one of the things that we, we're not going to necessarily get a solid answer because there's no, the great thing about this, there's no wrong or right. So in terms of practice part, it's just what the key word we're saying, practice. The more you find some of that time just taking the steps towards that, then that allows you to be open to the idea, like, this could actually work for me. It's really, really simple. It's not really, really not complicated. That part, you will, it will bypass that fear because that fear is our biggest challenge because the fear is the isolation that, oh, everything's wrong, it's not right. This practice is intended to, to draw you back into the, the idea of I don't need to worry. I shouldn't worry. I, I did at least follow the instructions. I put the glass of water. I got the stones. I got the, the, um, the, the candle and the air. I got the book. I, I at least made the attempt. The key thing about that is we're really trying to allow ourselves to get reconnected to our source. And that fear will diminish. So there, there really is the great thing about it. As long as you, one, include an environment that is just exclusive to what you're doing, and you can go to that environment. It could be at your table. It could be, it could be anywhere. There's no special place around this. And so the beauty of the simplicity of it is we're trying to get back to us being comfortable and trusting in something beside ourselves. We don't need to have the, have the answers, but we should try to stimulate these conversations. It's almost asking the environment to respond to my inquiry. One of the things I, I believe strongly is there, there really aren't any problems. There's only solutions. And so if we allow ourselves to say, well, somebody did it, history showed our ancestors did it before, the spirits done it before, our highest stuff has done this before, so let me just fall back and allow that to integrate and be part of that. And so that practice around just entrusting 
um, is critical in terms of, like, you don't need, there's no wrong or right way, and that's the beauty of it. If you can allow yourself to just say, well, let me give it a try. Um, but the, the other thing that is also important is just, like, as practice. So I really advise when you do this, spend no more than 10 minutes. Like, you literally put these things in there, touch each one, try to stimulate your sensory part. So literally put your hand in the water, grab the stone. You know, don't put your hand fire, but, you know, look at the light, um, the air, take deep breaths. So there's a lot of physical things that we can really feel the vibration of that and the beauty of us as we're sensory beings. So that whole allowing yourself to have stimulation through utilizing the sources from which we come, it allows you to connect to that higher part and then allows you to feel trustworthy. It won't allow you to worry You'll just be like, okay, I'll, I'll need to figure it out. And the, and, the, and the other caveat of it is they will respond in some way. You will get some kind of answers, and that's the beauty of air. Air is, well, all of a sudden you got a phone call. All of a sudden someone's interested. All that, the, the, everything, the universe always responds. And one of my other things is the ripple. I believe when we throw a stone in the water, you see the ripple goes out. That ripple represents vibration, and all these things are vibration. When we connect into the vibration of all these things, every, everyone will respond back to you. So either someone will call you or you'll think about this person. I was just thinking about you. Think about the things we do that we take for granted from a very simple way. That is trust. That is connectivity. That is our higher self reminding us, the God in us and who we are a part of, Everyone already is part of that, and so so are you. So you're never, ever alone. What about sound? You know, we, you, you're talking about reading or touching, um, touching, you know, stone, um, you know, touching a plant, touching water. But what about sound? Uh, do you, would you also say that sound is something that, would be part of this practice? Absolutely. So sound is the element of air. So one of the beauties of us is if we are fortunate enough to have the sensory, and the other part I'm talking about is the sensitive part of, of, of these things. So sound taps into our hearing. So things we can use are bells. Um, you can use gongs. You can use even a glass. Again, we're keeping things simple. You could tap the glass. You can tap um, anything to make a sound. The other, the other great thing about those that believe in communication, um, bells, uh, glasses, things that make a very faint sound is also an invitation. Those areas, things that you need security, blankets, your ancestors will all, it's like a calling. So if you maybe you tap your stick, your ancestral stick, perhaps you ring a bell, perhaps you use a gong, perhaps you hit the glasses, but in terms of that sound part, that it, the, the other back story from the four elements is that we're living beings. So everything that we can create, a sensory level that we can do, the touch, sound, hear, all those things are very relevant in terms of being able to that connectivity. So the beauty of the sound part, the stimulation of that ear, and we all would agree, we've all been in places where you can hear different things, whether it be fire truck or you hear the car or you hear the TV, you hear conversations. All that is, uh, is the beauty. If we can get back to just the, the sound of itself, you will, uh, that's part of air. 
So like I said, part of the challenge now is all the things we hear. So air is compromised. But one of the things I also suggest in terms of balancing, I do also believe in balancing of everything. So whenever one element is being overcompensated, it's always best to pick another one or two other ones to be more active. And I mean active, meaning like a great two resources right now is really about water because moving things around. And the other one is fire. So fire is about direction. So if you're drinking more water, you're allowing more light, getting out to the sun, all these things will compensate for the usage of air. So if you can also, in your equation of how you create this space, think about um, you want to do the breathing like the meditation part. You could use the sound to call upon the things you want. But in terms of use the breathing only enough in terms of your, you know, deeper breathing to just for the healing, but you must drink water first. Drink a glass of water before you go into it. So anything, when any element is overcompensated, it requires a balance. So you want to do something to yourself physically, like drink water, like um, keep yourself in the sun or more lights around you so that all the, the rest of the world, if you will, is focusing on the air problems. So, like I said, air problems are all the all the ads we hear, all the media we see the virus. All that is air being comp- overcompensating. So, if you find yourself indulging so much in that, you're going to find yourself sort of stuck in, and that's just going to be the fear. So, if you're balancing yourself and you're really focusing on one or two other elements, and you can pick any one you want, I'm only suggesting these two work out well um, uh, in terms of. Um, the water and the fire, then at least you'll be distracted in a good way by drinking water because that's healthier fluid. We just said clearance, refreshing, healing. Um, and fire is about direction. So you're going to know I need to go this way. I'm entrusting I'm going that way. Okay. So I think a lot of folks on the line are also, you know, dealing with multiple Zoom calls. Um, every day, uh, and you know, speaking from my own experience, um, the past two months, it's it's a different energy um, because you're seeing people, um, you're talking, you're watching in the background and pe- other people's homes and stuff. So, you know, disconnecting from that at the end of your workday, if in fact you're somebody who has to be on whether it's Zoom or, or WebEx or one of those, um, one of those venues, what, what are your suggestions on that? So um, in terms of that coming down off of that and reconnect, you know, and, and try to really get in touch with yourself and try to, to shed some of that energy that, that we're, since we're spending so much more time on uh, technology? I, I think it's definitely a, a good supplement for now in, in the way that some people are visual people. So as visual people, you'll tend to gravitate that piece. We already said you, we know about the physical presence has been compromised for now. So we usually foster that by looking at the visual. So I think if you are a visual per- person and that's important to you, that's probably why you'll gravitate to it. However, what I also say about the challenge with the same thing and everything we do 
is becoming active practitioners. So what I'm suggesting is it's great to do that, but once you leave that environment, you still got to deal with yourself. And this whole epidemic, if you will, that's the, the lesson that we're trying to learn about ourselves is really spending that time to really get clear about yourself, what's new, I mean, what's your direction, how do you, what is your involvement, and sort of get back to the universe, if you will. So that part about the clarity is they want to go back to simplicity. So as a, me as a person, I really pride myself in terms of making sure after all that's said and done, I'm, I need to apply what I'm learning. So that's the, the challenge comes a lot of people after that hour of doing all that stuff, like, oh, okay, they just shut it down. And then they go on to do something else. So that, and, and a lot of times that's because that's almost like not looking at yourself. So, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I encourage it, especially a visual person. But getting back to the fundamental basic part, what do you do if your power's off? What if you do don't have the connectivity? So now you're still going back to the same dependency of something of what you is your comfort zone. One of the, the beauties of what the simplicity practice about the elements is just that it doesn't require much to really get connectivity. So you're worrisome about things that are happening. Um, it, they lessen. Because people always say, oh, my God, nothing really bothers you. Something's going on. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, you just need to do it. But I'm allowing my higher self to say, okay, Richard, this is not working, do this, and I'm entrusting. And that response will come through these element, elemental practices. So even if you have those things, you, the, the key element of what everything we're doing is becoming a practitioner. Application is critical in everything we do. We've gotten to a place where you'll take a class, it's all over, and then there's no application. You're not applying anything you just learned. And we all would agree. It's like when you take it, we go to school, when the class, you got your grade, when it's finished, you're like, oh, there's no use for that. Here, it's really, really, really that same fundamental training comes from the simplicity. And so if we allow ourselves to create that environment and do these things here, even if you're looking at Zoom after you're either going to do your exercise in a group or check your family, all those things, what, what was my takeaway? What was the point of that? What was the purpose now? How am I going to apply what I just learned about, whatever that is, to me? Because it doesn't take away the fact that we're good at avoiding ourselves. So in this very simplistic way, what the God in us teaches us is about what do you do when you have nothing? And so all the things, you just indirectly create another dependency. Oh, my laptop is there. Oh, now I can't log on, and you're scrambling, you're freaking out because you can't connect, and now you're mad because you couldn't be part of that, whereas you would be like, okay, your solution would have come to you. Like, okay, if you would have take, already been practicing what we talk about, when you go to deal with the other things, it's not going to bother you. Like, all right, well, the solution will come to you. The promise is that if you allow yourself in this 10-minute practice, 10 minutes every day, 10 every day, trust me, that that assurance comes to you, and the messaging will will respond in, depending on your sensory level. In in some ways, um, being sheltered in place for for some folks close to two months, and others maybe about a month, it's kind of created a new normal, and so Correct. that new normal. Um, 
will now shift when, you know, as, as states kind of start to open up again and we start getting back out, whether it's in the workplace or school. So what suggestions would you have, have excuse me, or guidance around that being prepared for that shift and also just practices to consider when that shift occurs? So a couple of things in terms of working with the, these elements, one of the things you're going to in looking at yourself, you, one of the things you're going to look at is your physical environment and, your, and even assessment of yourself and how things come together. So, for example, like in your home, you'll look at things like, oh, I need to clear up, I need to remove stuff, all the things I kept saying I need to get to, so now I have the time to do some of that. So sort of that clearing part allows you to open up for new opportunities and on top of that, be open to change. So that part about you making some changes out at your immediate dispense creates the, the, the understanding like, oh, I'm, I can deal with change a little easier. So I'm not going to worry about the environment. So even if I'm home for a period of time and in that shift, I'm allowed to either still be working. In that shift, I still know what I'm going to be doing, what's next for me. You're never going to feel fearful about it. Because even if it's one month, two months, three months, the intention behind all of that is for wellness and the better of yourself. So we could easily get lost, like I said about the media, and I love the media. I'm not putting that down. But one of the things that the danger is too much information goes back to that air principle. So if you keep seeing that, hearing over, all of this, sick, I'm going to be sick. Next you know you're saying, I'm sick. Okay, you're claiming that. The thing about the element part is once you say it in the universe, you bring life to it. It doesn't mean that's always the truth, but in terms of like, oh, my God, I'm not going to have a job. Okay, if you keep saying that, then you won't have a job. So I'm not sure what the direction is. It's okay to be unsure. It's okay to be not clear. But you know what? I'm going to go back to my resources. Let me pull up in the air. Let me open up my book and see my reference. Give me some inspiration. And that allows that part. That's why I say if you start to create everything over time is discipline. If we can allow ourselves to be consistent, then all those things start to dissipate. This doesn't happen overnight, but if you're willing to say, well, you know what? What am I going to lose? I'm going to take 10 minutes to do this part with this guy suggested. Let's see what I get out of it. It's a promise. It's a universal promise. So that understanding is that's why I say the fallback for all of us is always going back to the beginning. And the other thing that about that, even that shift, is just the way we do our jobs and people not having jobs. So now if you were relying so much on that job, that's how you identify yourself so that the fear is even more, more intense because you've only done the same job for the same way for all this time, and now that job is gone, the company's gone. So guess what? Now you're panicking, so you're going to have air problems. Your lungs will be stirred up, all these things, because you're not sure what's next. Versus, all right, that's a change, there's a shift. I gotta, um, I'm got asking the universe to provide me to the resources to be sustainable for now, and that's your, that's your messaging to the universe. That's my question. How do I sustain myself? I'm not questioning out of fear. It's questioning out of clarity, getting a response. So then in that part about this practice, it allows you to say, okay, let me get silent for a minute while I'm doing this. The universe is going to respond. Somebody's going to call me or email is going to pop up. Someone's going to some input, something, some way, somehow, you're going to get your answer. 
Thank you. I'm going to pause, and I'm going to open the line in case uh, folks want to call in and ask Richard a question. Uh, you can dial 347-857-2878. Um, as calls come in, I will uh, stop to... Um, to, to let, the, let the caller in. In the interim, I'm going to ask, um, continue the conversation with Richard. Richard, so one of the things that I, um, I guess in terms of once we all are back to um, some kind of, quote, normal uh, routine, um, it's going to look different in terms of how we commute, you know, if we're wearing face masks, um, you know, there's the social distancing that might continue. There's always the concern of the coworker who sneezes or even just a stranger who sneezes or um, touching things. Um, and, again, how, it, it's about how do you not get so anxious that you say, I'm not going back out anymore. I'm just going to just, you know, curl up in a ball, and I'm, I'm going to stay in my little cocoon at home. And, and talking back about air, too. So even the places that we may have to go to physically, which is exposure in some way, I, I do believe we should always be diligent. So one of my favorite bad things people do right now, but, oh, um, well, I'll half wear the mask or maybe I won't wear my gloves, or maybe I think. So I, I try to coach people and encourage people that that's you making a decision. It's one thing when the universe tells you these things are in, in response to what's the most protective way you can to be wiser to lessen the susceptibility. Nothing's a guarantee. We know that. But if I know that I'm going to go into the environment that requires that for my means of living, that I, I want to be diligent in utilizing the resources that I can protect myself. And you actually add a better uh, chance of things happening to you because you're being diligent more. Um, and not out of fear, just strictly out of, out of information. So I'm going to utilize that information to my best. I can only give it my best. So I think we really also in this going, we can't go back, like you said, the new normal. The new normal means that you just got to be wise in your decision in terms of what it feels like. So this part about this element piece, you know what, even if I'm going to think, and this may sound crazy, but if I'm going to in another physical place, I might even set up something like that at my immediate expense. Maybe at my desk I'll do something. No one needs to understand why you're doing it. You're just creating this environment that best works for you and best protects you. So we still want to be wise in our decisions. And so if you decide you want to have a glass of water, you decide you want to put a light at your desk or you want to do what these things that you can do, or the element, you can also physically security element. I could say I want a foundation. I'll take a rock with me. Or I'll keep, you know, these things you still can integrate into everyday, your everyday living. So you decide how it, how it should look for you. But more importantly, don't want you to, to be fearful because that's the whole thing. Fear, fear is the ego trying to save itself. Fear makes you feel like you don't have any choices. We do have a choice in this way. So you can choose to be connected and be protected, or you can choose to be fearful and be alone. Got it. Um, I'm going to give the, the call-in number again. 
347-857-2878 if you have any, uh, would like to ask Richard any questions. Um, so, so Richard, in addition to, to this, what other things that you, would you recommend that um, the listeners supplement this with? So, it, where you at, like your your media, like your media space, you're talking about the supplement. Yes. Give us some examples. Like I said, water. Um, literally, bottled water. You can have water that would be that you can carry on your person. Um, carry water around you. Uh, glass in water from the tap water. Just trying to keep that one's probably the easiest one. A supplement for fire. Um, if you could get either a small candle or another thing, believe it. I mean, it's an extremist because you may not have a set to get to get candles if you don't have that light of some sort. It could be a flashlight. It could be a nightlight. It could be even a lamp. That's another one. Um, in terms of earth, we have immediately, a lot of people have plants in their home. It could be physical stones around. Um, the other thing about earth, there's so many things you use with that. I gave you a very um, raw state, but anything that's physical is considered uh, earth. So I dirt or stone, but in the cases you don't have that, you can do other things. For example, if you have herbs in your and you're covered. Like in there, you may have like plants, I mean, um, seasonings. That's another thing that could be supplement for that. Um, and air would be a bell, could be a ting of a, a fork against a, uh, a glass. It could be um, anything that produces a sound. If you already have something that's maybe religious, maybe a chicory, it could be uh, your egg will stick, tapping. It's the noise part um, that you want to use in terms of the air response. Hello? Okay, sorry folks, we lost connectivity there for a sec. Can you hear me? Okay, we should be back on. We lost connectivity for a second there. Um, I hope you can hear again. Yeah, you hear me? Yes. Sorry about that. Um, okay, question. I think we I heard do have you. one call. Yeah. yeah, we have one caller on the line. Um, Hi, caller. Can you identify yourself? And um... well, I I really didn't want to say my name, but I did. Um, I'm interested in knowing a little bit more about how uh, Richard learned about these things. What is his uh, background? Richard, 
Richard, did you have a question? A little bit about my background. And how did you learn about these things? I've been in terms of spirituality for well over 25, 30 years. I've actually been in various groups initially where I was trained specifically in um, meditation-type groups, developmental exercises. Uh, and then I also uh, worked under a couple of people, unfortunately, not here, very good mediums, trained with them. Um, I've been a medium for like, the same amount of time as well. Uh, I taught many classes around spirituality and in terms of just the whole elemental practice. Those people that know me that have taken the class, it, it's really designed to, to get people, just ordinary people without having a religious connotation attached to it really be uh, everyday practitioner. So my whole thing, my whole understanding is about uh, guidance made simple. So, uh, yeah, so these elements and there's, like I said, there's formalized classes around how you exercise that. But we're definitely, you know, focusing here in terms of just a very, you know, the needs of people. But if you definitely want to know more, we can definitely sidebar that too. Okay. Um, we had another question the person dropped. Well, okay. Um, Richard, any final guidance that you would like to to share? And I, I challenge everyone to kind of implement what I suggested around those four elements, creating a space that allows you to do some of that on your own and see if you can get that connection for yourself. Like the recap, so water glass of water, fire a candle, earth would be a stone or two, air could be a bell, it could be um, uh, anything that makes a sound too, but you want to include a communication so you can respond. That could be your Bible, your 365 days, any religious, anything that has several uh, pages to it, different responses. And then in that part, allow give yourself 10 minutes a day or every other day to just kind of, you don't need to do anything besides set it up, touch each one, uh, except for fire, like the fire, look into the fire. You're going to stimulate your sensory level. And then the added part would be, if when they, think about your question. So the point around communication is, if you want a sense of security, if you want a sense of what's next, you want some type of response to that, allow that air reference book to be your communicator. But I also say as these ideas come across, you really should think about putting a little book somewhere around it, a notebook to take notes, and then kind of what questions do you want to ask yourself? You ask the higher self. So specifically, like, I'm not really sure what's next for me. Um, I lost my job. You know, think about that stuff. All you're trying to do is create stimulation to really allow yourself to get included and, and also be part of your higher self so that the places that we feel that we don't have answers, even not knowing the answers doesn't create fear. It just allows you to be, all right, I know it's going to be fine. It's going to be my statements will always be positive, to always be inspiring. And it allows you to feel the same way. So, and you don't need to make big decisions feeling like I don't know what's next, but rather say, okay, I'm open to what's next. So, I think the key thing is allowing you to create this environment and the answers come out of that from there. 
So we have actually three questions, um, three callers. So I'm going to uh, go to the the first one here. We now have four. You're on the air. Ask if you can ask a question. Hello. Hello. Am I on the air? Yes, you are. Okay. Um, my name is Cece. And I just wanted to thank Richard for coming on and um, giving this significant information and making it very simple, um, not overwhelming, to let us know that what we really need is probably already at our fingertips. And I would just like to piggyback and say probably one of the most important things is to be vigilant and to start with at least 10 minutes a day consistently to set up that pattern. Okay, again, thank you very much, Richard. Thank you. Okay. Hello? Hey. Hi, you're on. Yes, hi. My name is Karen. Thank you. And um, I... um, found everything that Richard to say to be extremely helpful. And I think <clears throat> for those of us who are kind of more on a spiritual path, um, a lot of, you know, everything that Richard says makes sense. And the tools that he gives us are very simple and easy to apply to our everyday lives. Um, one concern that me and my husband have is when we do go back to work and we, um, we manage a staff of like 20 people, is how to kind of mm-hmm. communicate some of the stuff that Richard had explained, but maybe in a way that doesn't kind of, um, that still has a spiritual undertone to it, but would be very mm-hmm. easily digestible to those who um, really have no kind of like um, spiritual awareness. So if he has any recommendations around that. One of the most effective approaches, remember we're going back to that environment of inclusion. So what you can do is almost make it like a fun thing. You could have everybody bring something. Oh, we're going to set up a nice space that everyone can be part of because we want this whole, all of us to feel whole, we want all of us to feel safe. So why don't you bring a plan in? Why don't you bring a stone in? Why don't you bring a light in? So, and you, going back to the simplicity part, you could still get people to join in. The, the idea is inclusion, so that wellness is as a whole. So they don't really need to understand the backstory, but the mm-hmm. idea of saying, you know what, we just want to make this environment together. Here's what I, I have this idea. We could do this shared thing for each other. So let's let's what can we do with what ideas you have? And you could say the focal point are these four elements. Like what? And they said, what do you mean? Like just because we want that, we want the environment of inclusion. The key word is inclusion. People love that stuff. So they feel like, oh, we get to choose what we want, believe it or not. That's the universe. Now, the great thing, Karen, is the universe is responding to what you're asking. So you want everyone that comes in that environment to feel well and be included. So by you, that would be your, now your remedy in terms of where people that will feel like, am I coming to some crazy place? Is something now wrong? Is it been cleaned? All these things will go away by just saying the focus is, us together, and your focus is what is your contribution to this inclusion? I think that's a great idea because um, I think, too, you know, just collectively, you want to make sure that everyone, like you said, feels that they have a part in it, feels because then, you know, just everyone's energy together will only enhance the overall 
energy of the business and stuff. I think that's just one concern that we have because sometimes when you're kind of like that lone person just really trying to keep it all together for everybody, you can potentially get drained or get thrown off course. So we just wanted to make sure that we are able to incorporate some of the tools that you recommended, not just within ourselves, but also to share them with our um, our fellow co- coworkers. So thank you so much, Richard. That was great. So believe it or not. And I'd also remind I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to remind folks that there are the seven yeah. aspects or dimensions of wellness, which is emotional, mm-hmm. physical, social, vocational, environmental, which Richard was talking about, intellectual and spiritual. So, you know, the, so if you look at the International Council on Active Aging, um, and actually the, the seven dimensions of wellness you can find online um, as a way of said, making it inclusive but not making it seem like it's a spiritual thing. Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we have one more question, or a caller. Um, okay. Caller, you're, you're live. Welcome. Hello? Hello? Yes. Hi. Um, hi. You're live. Uh, yeah. Question for Hi, Richard. Uh, thank you. Yes, uh, my name is Julio Rivera. Um, yeah, I had a question for Richard. I I wanted to know um, with all of this, you know, this this chaos and everything with the pandemic. I'm very much a glass half full kind of guy. I want to know: is there any silver lining to all of this within um, within the context of spirituality? Is there any positivity? that can be taken from this, if, if any at all? Yes, I, I think so. I, again, it goes back to how you see, like you said, half full, half empty. It's really, I believe, um, I, as, I don't think I know the, uh, as to why it's happening, but I always seek out the better part. So it's okay. We didn't look at a lot of things we needed to look at, just in terms of what that wellness looks like, we didn't really actively, we all got caught up in our own focus on how the world and our, our routine. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we also now get connected to understanding what change is, we're constantly changing. And this is not the first kind of epidemic. It won't be the last. But how we work through it, that's the change. It's an ever-changing environment. Most people tend to, who have more of a concern, are people who don't handle change well. So if we could find in terms of how you look at yourself and how this sort of environmental change, the, the way we do things change and just embrace it and say, okay, well, hey, we had to, we need to do it this way. Some things happen. You know, loss of life, is not, no one's going to smile about that, period. So no, I'm never going to diminish the idea of uh, transition. But in terms of how the living experience, what we need to do uh, differently, I'm, I, I kind of go on the optimistic side. So I think – yeah, we, we learn how to handle change better. I think our environment, the way we're moving into, it might have been a abrupt need for change. And so that clearance part is also kind of required. But like I said, the, historically, this has not been the, 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 the first and won't be the last. Whether it be small, change is what it is. So some people handle it better than others. Um, but so that, that's my silver line. Okay. Thank you so much for that wonderful, very clear explanation. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. 
So we're coming upon the top of the hour. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to thank each and every one of you that dialed in and, and um, to my this first podcast of mine on uh, checking in on your wellness. Um, thank you so much. And I want to thank my co-host, Richard Onkew, for um, a, a great discussion and a great presentation. Um, I'd like to give you more information about Richard's contact information if you want to um, reach out to him. Uh, he, Richard has a website. It's guidancebyrichard.com. Or if you want to email him, uh, his email address is hello at guidancebyrichard.com. Uh, I hope you'll join uh, some upcoming uh, Checking In on Wellness uh, podcast. The next one will be on Wednesday, May 13th, May, uh, May 13th um, at 8 p.m. And it'll be sort of like a part two um, of this. And also we'll have a session on breath work and the mechanics of breathing and then one on life coaching. So, um, again, I want to thank all of you for joining. Uh, thank you, Richard. Please stay safe. Please stay healthy and stay positive. Thank you. Appreciate it.